Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Professor Natalie Harpin. I wanted to talk today briefly about something that I kind of did a podcast about a, it was last year actually, um, last October. It was called Clean Girls and Hot Cheetos, but I kind of wanted to expand on it. So in that episode, I was talking about the hot Cheeto girl trend, apparently, Um, or sorry, the clean girl trend and how it was being, you know, juxtaposed against the hot Cheeto girl aesthetic. And the hot Cheeto girl aesthetic was really, um, I was saying was sort of an interesting way that they co-opted how brown and black girls, right? Like, um, you know, wear their makeup or wear their nails, things like that. And the clean girl aesthetic was being, they were using prominent young white women like um, Haley Bieber and other people in that age range. Um, and, you know, they're, when they would line their lips with brown liner, it was called um, brownie glazed lips. But when um, black women, there was a viral TikTok actually where a woman of color who was non-black woman of color was saying how like she thought that that was a hideous trend, but all the people who she showed doing it were black women. That was recently. Um, and she was rightfully called out by people within her community and outside the community as being like, hey, like you're only using photos of black women who do this when white women do it too. And in fact, they're supposedly the new face of that trend and it's supposed to be cool, you know? So anyway, I wanted to continue that because I wanted to talk about sort of the history of, um, I don't even know what I'm going to call it actually, like the title of the video, but it's people who come from marginalized communities who have to, who do overperform cleanliness because of the history of their people being seen as dirty. And so I mentioned that former podcast because I was thinking about it last year and it's funny how time flies. Like I thought it was just a few months ago. It was actually last year now, almost last year. But um, how even today, like if you see viral videos on TikTok or on other social media um, platforms, they'll have people who are, even people who are of color, quote unquote, who are, um, you know, berating other people from their same racial or ethnic group for not cleaning the chicken properly or not cleaning the fish properly or um, making comments about how, you know, what they are or aren't using in the shower to clean themselves. And it really made me think about how for a lot of people, I don't think that they realize that it's a trauma response historically, especially because people who were non-European descended have generally been shown throughout different caricatures for centuries, um, but especially for, you know, decades, and they were seen as dirty. So soap ads, you know, even today still show people who are going from dark skin to light skin once they've been washed, right, with some soap. It's not that the soap is always a lightening soap because a lot of soap and lotions that you purchase like in the Caribbean and continental Africa, etc., they do have bleaching agents as a part of them. Um, because of the internalized colorism that comes with colonization and with European beauty standards as the um, peak of what is considered, you know, beautiful or masculine, etc. But also how 
even just normal soap or lotion, right? When people are going from unhydrated to hydrated, they're going from dark to light. Or when they're going from dirty to clean, they're going from dark to light. Even in like Dove ads recently, in the last decade, they've been caught doing that. Even if it was unintentioned, right? The point is, is that there's still this lingering idea that darker people are dirty. And there have been plenty of stories of people who've come out with stories about people who have, you know, berated them for being dirty or for categorizing their group or their racial group, ethnic group as dirty. And so sometimes I think that the overperforming cleanliness is, like I said, it is a trauma response. And I've talked with my friend in Casey. Hey girl, what's up? We need to have another podcast together. But I've talked with her about this privately because she has a master's of public health. If you haven't heard our podcast together, I would encourage you to go listen to it. It was about two years ago now, I think. Um, But we had a really great talk about, um, you know, just public health in general and some of the things that were relevant to the pandemic with regard to public health. And we were talking about how some of that gets extended to even to women's health. So whereas we were talking about how in hip hop, there are a lot of people who will, you know, and I'm sure... It happens in other genres of music too, but I hear about it mostly happening in hip hop and women will make reference to their um, private areas and they'll say that it's like water or that it doesn't smell. And it's like, um, you're overperforming cleanliness, right? Like some of this is just, I think, like I said, I think it's a trauma response. And so historically speaking, groups like Hawaiians, Filipinos, all African descended people, and we comma African Americans in this country as descendants of those people continentally. Um, Let's see, other groups, other groups, other groups, people within Latin America. So like Mexicans, for example, and then their American descendants, um, indigenous people throughout the hemisphere, especially in the United States have been shown as dirty or, you know, unclean, uncivilized. And a lot of it has to do with like cleaning rituals or food preparation. And so I think that's very interesting that now we're living in a time where these people are doing it to each other, right? It's not necessarily someone from the outside. So even though there are times where like I read a story, I don't, I hope it's not real, (laughs) but I read something that was saying that like, a certain chunk of people within England, and this came from an English publication, was saying that uh, like several million people within England only wash their towels like twice a year. <laughs> and that stuff that, you know, my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, like that's gross, right? So things like that. Um, but it's also worth noting that you know, there've been conversations within the last five or six years about, you know, how people bathe themselves, right? And some people were saying that there are people who are overperforming cleanliness by having like a three or four step shower routine. So I remember about five or six years ago, there was a story about how this person was saying that their partner doesn't use a washcloth. And so they were concerned about how are they really cleaning themselves if they're only using their hands, And then there was a conversation of, you know, their partner was saying, well, when I'm in the shower, that when I, you know, when I lather up the soap in my hands and I'm rubbing my arms or my legs, that um, the, well, mostly the arms, that it trickles down to the legs. And that's what gets it clean before it hits like the ground of the tub. 
And so then there were people who now, I think it's called like shower talk or something where there are people who review bath products. And some of these people have, you know, three or four or five step bathing routines. They may get into the, they may dry brush first, then get in the shower, um, rinse off, bathe with soap, scrub, and then shave, and then have a body oil, and then body lotion. And some people were in some of these people's comments saying, this is too much, right? Like this is overdoing it, it's just being wasteful. But the reason why I think it's interesting to consider is because you do have so many people who, like I said, even if they don't realize it, you know, when they're commenting these negative things on people's food, social media platforms, or when they're talking about what they make for food, when they're talking about what someone is or isn't reviewing about what they use in the shower or part of their um, cleaning routine, how they wash their laundry. It's very interesting how people, especially now the descendants of the marginalized who are still marginalized, but again, we're not used to seeing all the same imagery all the time, like several decades or centuries ago, how they do it amongst themselves. So how, you know, they'll say, well, you didn't clean that chicken properly. When different people have different ways that they clean their chicken. Not everybody is cleaning their chicken on the social media platform. Or you'll have people in hip hop talking about their lack of body odor when it's like, physiologically speaking, you if you don't have an odor, then you're dead, right? Like Now, of course, we all know the difference between like natural odor and like being musty, <laughs> but everybody has their own natural scent. But this perpetuation of this idea that people shouldn't have any scent at all causes a lot of public health concern. This is what I was talking to and Casey about because we have people who are young, who are internalizing the message more than they would if they were older and had more background knowledge. And they're not just taking it as entertainment purposes. They're taking it as like a literal fact or something that they think they need to be worried about. And so I would say the same thing with foodborne illnesses, right? Because on one hand, you'll have people who will make comments about how someone does or doesn't clean their food. But these same people probably haven't, you know, taken out the shower liner in their bathtub, <laughs> right? So it's like you give and you take. Some people are more um, clean in some areas than others. But I just find it very interesting that there is a large culture of policing cleanliness. And I think a large part of that is because with social media platforms, we do have a lot of people who do otherwise have a voice that they wouldn't have, right? Without the media platforms, that there are people who are more, incent not incentivized, but they are more likely to say something rude because they can hide behind a private profile or um, some type of you know anonymity online that they wouldn't have in person or maybe on other social media platforms. But a lot of companies, I've talked before about companies that got their start with the slave trade and how that's relevant to today. But like I said, a lot of um, cleanliness products you know, got their start with the advent of imperialism in the 19th and 20th centuries. So like, Sometimes when you'll see like a company like Pears Soap, right, it'll have like a picture of it's supposed to be like Rudyard Kipling or some other white person on there. And it's, you know, basically it's using this whole white man's burden of colonizing people and to sell soap, right, to sell a certain type of soap. Um, toothpaste companies, tobacco companies, a lot of other companies have used caricatures of black people, right? Like black Americans or African descended people in general 
indigenous people of um latinx folks like indigenous descended latinx folks because latinx is an ethnicity not a race so to you know try to claim that it's part of this whole civilizing effect and in these same countries they a lot of them tried to do this too with the whitening of the nation so if you're familiar with like brazil they practiced bronchiamento or in like Latin America, or excuse me, in Spanish America, it would be called Blanquiamento. It's basically just a whitening of the population. So importing millions of Europeans to sort of like whitewash literally the indigenous and black descended populations, because like we've talked about from the transatlantic trade episodes, most of these people are in these countries are indigenous and black descended. Um, and most of them are a mix of these groups. Very few indigenous people Um, large amounts of Europeans, large amounts of black people, but they didn't whiten over time. And so a lot of these countries tried to import a lot of Europeans so that they would, you know, and didn't have strict racial restrictions, hoping that they would all mix in and whiten the population of people over time. Those things did not happen. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the rhetoric surrounding the cleanliness was used as a reason why they should be, um, importing these Europeans and whitewashing, quote unquote, the population, the phenotypic population. When you look at historically reasons why Chinese parts of town where they were segre- where they were forced into segregation or what we now call like Chinatowns, for example, when their businesses would be raided, it was often because they were accused of having unsanitary conditions. I talked a little bit about that before, but even the episode I did about Zanyas in the 1700s, these were public water spaces. And even in LA, even the LA Times had run an article um, a long, long, long time ago. And it was talking about how these public waterways were unclean and about how like, you know, these Chinese groups of people who often are frequenting them as well as indigenous descended people in LA, black descended people in LA, et cetera, how they were inherently unclean. Um, same thing with disease and blaming people, especially from China for bringing in diseases, historically speaking, has been linked even to, it has relevance to today with COVID, like, um, some of the, the rhetoric that was being used against China and Chinese people and how that affected people in this country, whether they were Chinese or not, but especially if they were, um, a lot of that historically goes back to blaming Chinese people for bringing in diseases they did this same thing with saying well we don't want whites and blacks to mix together because their mixed race children are more susceptible to get syphilis so um again it's like positioning a disease as being an inherent part of this non-white group of people whichever that group of people is so historically there are ties to that now i don't think most of us think about that when we're on social media today right if we see a video and someone isn't washing their chicken the way we do and then we comment on it, we're not thinking this is the hegemonic this is the hegemonic example of being overpleased with cleanliness our whole lives. But, you know, it still is in the back of our head. Um, for those of us who are, you know, black femmes, black women who have, you know, longer hair, you know, there are people who will make comments about the fact that we don't wash our hair every day, right? And I have a friend, I'm not going to say who it is just in case, but she, I was with her once where you know, she's black and her white friend was asking about whether or not like she had bugs in her hair. And it's just, 
you know, very flippant and racist rooted things, even if people don't realize that that's what they're doing when they're saying it, it is rooted in this whole idea that, you know, these non-white people are in, are inherently unclean. And so I'm saying that there's no way that you survive all those things and all those micro and macro aggressions. And then it doesn't affect how you view people cooking their food or how you view people washing their body. Even if you're not making those connections, I'm saying that it is linked and that it goes centuries back to being policed or being told that you are, you know, less intelligent, less attractive, less clean, less scientifically advanced, less beautiful because of the cultural things that you do because it's different than a European standard. So with that being said, I didn't want this to be a long episode. I just wanted to talk about that. I'm sort of fleshing out, um, like I said, mentioning the episode from last year, the Clean Girls and Hot Cheetos episode. Please check that out if you haven't. I did that. It published on October 31st of 2022. And then thinking about how that relates to the things I've seen on social media today. So um, I plan to have the part two of the transatlantic trade episode out next Monday. So please be on the lookout for that. And thank you as always for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you on the next episode, y'all. Bye.